2: Log Talk radio. R-U-R-A!
0: It's time for the Get Ready Show.
1: The best in pro wrestling talk,
2: and that's the bottom line. The Stone Cold <sighs> This right
3: here is the future of wrestling, and it
1: begins.
0: For the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. Thank you all for tuning in this evening to get into the wonderful world of pro wrestling. Head on over to Facebook.com. Check out our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. We got a chat going on right now. I'll have a raw chat going on later. Check that out. Twitter. Our Twitter handles at the Ken Reedy Show. And our website. TheKenReedyShow.com, so you got to make sure you check all those things out. We got a lot to get through. I'm going to go right out there because we got to get my tag team partner on the line because we got we got two weeks worth of stuff to get through. Lots of stuff to talk about. Dave, how you doing this evening? I've been waiting
1: for the hot tag for two weeks. I've been holding that tag rope, waiting and waiting and waiting, and of course, circumstances beyond our control has prevented
0: that. But I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, to let, to let people know, I mean, things happen. Unfortunately, Dave, you know, we're, we're, we're not getting, we're not getting the, the millions of dollars that we really should be getting uh, doing this show. So, uh, you know, sometimes life happens. And, you know, breaking, breaking kayfabe a little bit here on the show, if, if you guys aren't aware of this, uh, you know, producer Michelle uh, is, is actually uh, girlfriend Michelle uh for, for myself. We're Ooh, we're going out. We're we're seeing each other. Um we together in the Ken Redis Show studios. But um yeah, it was like last week you know uh her dad uh got married out of nowhere. We had no idea it was coming. And uh yeah, soft spoken uh kind of off the boat Italian and he called Michelle, he's like Monday I get married. You come? And I was, so it was, <laughs> all right, so we're, we're going I to, like, an, so guy? You know, <laughs> so we had to go to, to quote unquote, uh, a wedding. It was really, um, it kind of amounted to a, a double date with, uh, he, he went to the courthouse with his, his lovely younger <laughs> bride and, uh, went back to the house for, uh, some mozzarella and, uh, cold cuts. And that was, that was basically, uh, Our evening, so I spent the evening, again, I'm I'm like, there are these versions of Lana and Rusev just swirling around in my life right now, because his new bride is is Russian, and I was basically getting a headache trying to understand him through his thick Italian accent and her through her thick Russian accent. So that's where I had to be (laughs) last week and had to kind of k the show. So good times, all the best, Uh, wishing them many, many years. Of happiness, but yeah, that just that came out of nowhere. Did not see that coming. I mean, how often do you get sprung like a, a Monday night wedding? Uh, so oh, that's where I was. I got to ask.
1: I got to ask you one question though. Did you catch the
0: bouquet? <laughs> there was no bouquet to be thrown. It was. I don't. Well, I don't know. Maybe there was a bouquet because they just went to the courthouse. But uh, when we we ran into the happy couple, there was no bouquet. So uh, unfortunately. I'm, uh, you know, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. So sad. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so that was, that was my last week. So That's why we've been two weeks. So we're set to get underway this week because there's a lot to go through. We've we got a good show for you tonight, and we want to hear from you guys. Give us a call, 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Before we get into a lot of stuff we got to talk about, uh, one thing very important that we want to get to um, friend of the show, really good guy. Uh preacher. Uh he's a wrestler, wrestling BWO, he wrestles in CZW. Um guy I've I've met several times. A guy who really and truly bleeds the business. Um you know, doesn't doesn't believe in blading, believes in in bleeding the hard way, you know, one of those type guys. Great guy, real nice guy. Um you know, great character, really puts on a show. I mean, puts himself out there. Uh unfortunately, preacher uh, was injured this weekend, a pretty serious injury. And uh, what I wanted to do, because anytime someone gets hurt, the rumors start swirling. That the story's not straight. So I thought it would it would be important, just so you guys know. And I know we have some people who listen to the show that are fans of Preacher, fans of the BWL. They know Preacher. So this is the official update uh, coming from CZW from the CZW website. And they, they say as follows, and this, really, this was uh, just put on the website, during the closing moments of the six-man scramble to name the number one contender for the CZW Wired Championship, Preacher was the recipient of a Death Valley driver onto the ring apron. It was clear that Preacher was injured and was rushed to a local hospital. Throughout the day, there's been many questions coming into CZW about the condition of Preacher. We are able to report that he was diagnosed with a fractured neck. However, the positive news is he is alert and has control of all his body parts. Doctors have said he will not need surgery, but will have to be in a hard collar for a minimum 12 weeks. Preacher has been an intricate part of the CDW Academy, as well as an important member of the production team, in addition to his duties in the ring. There's a truly rough break for such a positive influence in the locker. However, everyone is relieved that it is generally a positive outlook. Every member of the combat zone as preacher and his family, in their thoughts and prayers, as well as wish preacher the best in their recovery. Preacher and his family thank all the fans and wishing them well wishes at this trying time. So, good news, say, scary obviously, but certainly good news coming out of uh, this injury, I I would bet the, the toughest thing right now is going to be uh, Arlene, his 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 lovely woman, uh, keeping him from getting up. Uh if he has to rest for 12 weeks is knowing preacher he's a guy who's going to want to get right back in the ring as soon as possible, but rest up preacher. We're glad the outlook is good and all of us here at the Ken Reed show obviously Dave keeping him in our thoughts. Yeah, that's terrible,
1: but you know, unfortunately, these are some of the risks and uh and uh things that you have to deal with in the world of professional wrestling. Thank God he
2: he's,
1: he's moving. And he's got, got some mobility, and the outlook looks positive.
0: And, uh, you know, get well soon, and we hope to see you back in the ring. Yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, and he's like, you know, he's one of those guys that he's going to put it all out there to put on a good show. So, um, you know, all the best to, to Preacher. And, uh, you know, we again, we all got you in our thoughts. So, you know, Preacher, a guy out there getting it done, getting in the ring, putting on a show, Uh, you know, the guy bleeds the business, but a guy we have not seen in the ring for quite some time, uh, one, Mr. Brock Lesnar. And it's been an interesting time because there are a lot of people, Dave, that are out there that, you know, don't, didn't like the idea of, you know, kind of a part-time champion, you know, a guy that, uh you know, is, isn't is there all the time. It didn't bother me, initially. Did not bother me that the champion was not going to be on Raw every week. In fact, I thought that was a good thing. Uh, pull him away. Uh, let Heyman be his mouthpiece. Uh, make the, the champ feel like, uh, you know, like it's really something special when he's there. Um, so I kind of liked it because I do think at times everything with the WWE uh, becomes a bit oversaturated. And I thought creatively they could do something uh, good with this. Um, I'm going to kind of be talking out of both sides of my mouth now. I, I don't like it now. Uh, I, I, it feels like almost an absentee champion. We don't get Heyman every week. Um, so it's not helping to keep the, the title relevant. And it, it like you know, it would it would do them a service if Lesnar was on via satellite. And he even came on, and just said, "There's nobody there talented enough, so it's not worth my time." You know, just kind of every so often have like a thirty second, you know, snippet from uh, Lesnar. You know, I mean, they have those god awful snippets with uh, Roman Reigns. I mean, give us the champ. It just, I don't know. It's just weird. It, it's gone from taking the champion out and perhaps making it a a special thing to an absentee champion that has become borderline irrelevant in in the landscape of the WWE Dave.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, I, on the other hand, I'm not going to speak out of both sides of my mouth. I'm going to still stick with my opinion on the matter. And I don't think there's an issue. I don't, I don't see a problem in it from this wrestling fan's perspective. And Here's why. Um, For some of you out there that keep closely, you know, and and follow the storylines very closely, like myself, uh, if you remember a couple years back, Brock Lesnar made his return in 2012, and he came in as a heel. He didn't have Paul Heyman at the time. And part of the storyline was that he didn't want to wrestle all the time. He wanted to be part-time. He wanted his name to be a part of the the opening credits in the show, starring Brock Lesnar, Monday Night Raw. I mean, he, he... His character had drawn this huge eagle, like he was this huge superstar coming in to save the WWE. But he didn't. He wanted to do it on his time. He wanted to come and go when he felt it was necessary. So, him being the champion serves a few purposes. Number one, it's similar to what you and I grew up on in the old days. As Hogan is with Hogan as champion, you know we didn't see him every week on TV. Hell, he didn't defend the belt every week. He didn't defend the belt every month. There were pay pay-per-views every month. Um, so it, 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 it's a throwback to the old days, in my opinion, still. And I don't mind it either. It makes the act with him and Heyman special. Do I agree with you in some respects? Yes. Him cutting a 30-second promo like a, via satellite or having Heyman come out one week and, and cutting a promo reminding us that Brock Lesnar is still the champion, maybe even drawing more heel heat and reminding us that Brock Lesnar is the one in 21-1, and one, defeating The Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania to draw even more heel heat. I, I I wouldn't mind seeing stuff like that every now and then, reminding people that Brock Lesnar's a champion, Brock can come and go when he pleases and fight whoever he wants to fight. Um, that, to me, would draw real old-school heel heat, in my opinion. Um, I think it really would, because I think people would want to pay to see just about anybody take the title from him so that they could have a, a reigning and defending champion on a normal basis. And it's a, it's a heel thing to do, to be like, well, I'm not going to come. I'm not going to show up. I'll just do what I want. I'm the champ. I can do whatever I want. I don't have to be here. And he had the authority's backing in some way. I mean, the authority was the one in storylines that that basically handpicked Brock Lesnar to dethrone John Cena for the championship at SummerSlam. They wanted this champion. So this this behavior is, is in characters, in the, in the authorities characters, and in Brock Lesnar's character is very warranted. It makes a lot of sense. I don't have any problem with it. Here's the other purpose it serves. It serves a purpose on showcasing younger talent and making secondary titles mean something. Now, it, the Intercontinental Championship and the United States Championship hasn't really been showcased all that much, but they've been an integral part of storylines. I mean, WWE had reset and Sheamus for free on the network after Raw went off the air to, to serve a few purposes. One, get people to go on the network, and two, make it seem like it was important enough for you to go on the network because you're about to witness a title change. Dolph Ziggler has been an intricate part of storylines as the Intercontinental Champion after defeating Cesaro and being a part of this authority storyline. Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins Main event at a pay-per-view. Main event at a pay-per-view. And on the same card, John Cena and Randy Orton were in a Hell in a Cell match in the middle of that card, okay? They wouldn't have been able to do that if Brock Lesnar was on television regularly. So, to me, I don't have a problem with this whatsoever. Um, The only issue I really have here is going forward, okay? He's been gone for a little while. I think we should see some, some form of him popping up acknowledging that he's got a number one contender in John Cena. But the, the rumors I've been hearing is that he's not close to a new contract with WWE. As a matter of fact, his contract runs out the day after WrestleMania 31. And the big publicized rumor is that he's supposed to drop the title to Roman Reigns. Now, if WWE doesn't lock him into a new contract, they've already put some contingency plans in place, allegedly. Now, this is all rumors and speculation allegedly, Lesnar would lose the championship to John Cena at the Royal Rumble, and then Cena would go on to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania and drop the title to Reigns. Or, Cena would beat Lesnar at the Rumble, Seth Rollins would cash in the Money in the Bank on John Cena, become the champion, face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. But WWE officials feel that Reigns beating... Cena or Reigns beating Rollins wouldn't be as big enough of a win as if he beat Brock Lesnar. And here's some other factors I, I'm going to quickly throw in here. Brock Lesnar being a part of Night of Champions pay-per-view buy-rate-wise didn't really mean a whole lot. Brock With Brock Lesnar on the card, they only drew the same amount of buy-rates that the July Battleground pay-per-view drew without Brock Lesnar. So, Brock Lesnar isn't exactly a deciding factor on the non-Big Four pay-per-view events when it comes to his appearance in WWE.
0: It's, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I guess what it is, and you know, again, talking out of both sides of my mouth, I I guess it's like the title that's bothering me, that the, the WWE title has almost become irrelevant. And, And like I said, I don't necessarily mind you know him not being around. I think it's okay, him not being there. It, it's just that the championship just seems like a, an afterthought right now, and that's that's really what's what's kind of getting on getting to me uh, as far as me as a fan. Interesting because we we looked at, you know, posted a question on the Facebook page with uh, you know, milk carton and uh, the WWE championship missing, and it was interesting because we wanted to get your take. Uh, the fans on what you guys thought. And uh, it was interesting because it definitely got uh, people talking. Dave Watson said, It's a disgrace as a longtime viewer and fan of many errors of the entertainment sport to allow a part time wrestle- wrestler waltz right in and take the title. It's frustrating. The company as a whole is slipping, and I hope they correct their course soon. Our friend Jonathan Lyman. All this hype done for Lesnar will be for nothing, especially if his contract is done in 2015. He goes back to UFC to fight Frank Mir. Our friend Steve, bad business. Ronaldo Santiago, uh, it was a bad move in my opinion. Well, I agree that giving the world title a bit of elevation by not defending it lightly, the title holder needs to at least be visible. Heck, even if you want to make the angle that the champ is ducking challengers, He needs to be seen, and and that's interesting. Like you know, Ronaldo brings up another good point. You could you could almost make him into like a. a, Now, granted, the problem is that Lesnar's a a beast and a world beater, and it's like you you know you know I don't know if you want to make him out to be a coward, so to speak. But in boxing, you have guys that are ducking other opponents all the time. Maybe they could have used that angle. And again, that's one of the things that I'm missing: the, the relevance of the champ. If you're going to keep Lesnar off. If you're going to keep Lesnar off TV, to me, Heyman needs to be on Raw every week. Um, Erica McDaniel said, tiresome, boring, weeks. Shorten to the point. Aaron Olsen, he saw a shadow, got scared, and ran back into his hole. Uh, Jack Granato, wasting time till the real talent heals. Yes, yes, yes. And Ontario Hewitt simply says, it sucks. So, I mean, when you look at it, it's... Uh, as far as you know, our fans, most you know, all of them who commented on the picture, and if you want to go to the Facebook, uh, by all means, we'd like to hear what you guys think. Um, but most most people are, aren't happy with it, and and like I said, I I'm okay with it. But you know, I mean, I'm I'm curious your thoughts, Dave. I mean, you're not, you know, as angry with it. You're you're okay with it, but. Do you see the idea that like it's almost like the title is is not relevant at this time? And would you, if you were in charge, would you be booking Heyman on a more consistent basis?
1: Yeah, I probably would have booked Heyman on a more consistent basis. I would have tried to, I would have put Heyman um, in in, a, in another managerial role with somebody else. To be perfectly honest with you, I mean they didn't have a problem doing that with with him and Curtis Axel. I think that experiment failed, but. Um, you know, putting him with somebody else maybe even having him manage a tag team um, I mean the, uh, what a great introduction would have been for NXT's uh, popular tag team The Ascension to come in and Heyman could manage those guys and, and really kind of give them the rub on their arrival to the main roster I think that would have been a good idea having him something for him to do um, while Lesnar is gone but having him around to still promote Brock Lesnar um, I do see every. I, I, I posted on that Facebook thread too, and I do see everybody's points and opinions, and I could agree with all of your opinions, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not disagreeing for the sake of disagreeing, but my personal preference this isn't a big deal to me I mean, you talk about boxing with lame duck challenger, you know, champions, duck and challengers, um, UFC which is one of the most popular sports out there, they have several different weight classes, and you see the champion every few months, but for the most part, every pay-per-view is headlined by like a different champion or not even a championship fight per se, um, just two popular guys that are going at it. So I think WWE is trying to go, after, go go that route in, in, in ways of promoting their pay-per-views, um, not having the heavyweight champion around, not trying to make it feel less important, but trying to make when he is around feel more important. Um, and like I said, it also gives other guys opportunity. But I do see where everyone's coming from. I just don't think it's that big of a deal, to be perfectly honest with you. And I think the, other the factor that I want. other the other the other factor I wanted to to, to bring up here, as far as Lesnar's contract status, that I forgot to mention was that WWE isn't exact because of the pay per view numbers that have been. I mean, pay per view in WWE is almost non-existent now since this network was started. Um, which that's a whole other issue in itself. Um, And the pay-per-view business is not what it used to be for the wrestling industry anymore. But um, Lesnar isn't adding more pay-per-view buy rates to WWE, especially in the non-Big Four pay-per-view events like Night of Champions. Like I said, the numbers were just about the same with him on Night of Champions as opposed to the July Battleground pay-per-view, which he did not appear on. They were the same numbers um, for pay-per-view buy rates. So, his asking price WWE from what I've read is not, if, if his asking price on a, on a contract renewal goes up, WWE might not be willing to pay that and might not be willing to resign him. If he's willing to stay for the same amount of money, then I'm sure WWE would resign him. But there's been also talk of him possibly coming back to UFC. I mean, Dana White's expressed interest. I believe Brock Lesnar's even expressed interest in fighting in UFC. Um, and to be perfectly honest with you, if Vince McMahon and Dana White were to allow it, I would let Brock Lesnar do both. I would let Lesnar get in the ring on a limited basis and then I would let him fight a couple of fights and have some form of cross promotion. But both both men are businessmen, there's egos involved and of course one's gonna try and outshine the other and it it's one of those things where like like they try to like wrestling promotions tried to do back in the day you know, team up and draw super cards. It couldn't come to an agreement on anything. I don't think that would happen. I think it would be a great idea for Brock Lesnar's star power and his brand. And also for a crossover for UFC and MMA fans to watch the product that Brock Lesnar wrestles on. But at the end of the day, it's all about dollars and cents. And I don't think that that will, uh, you
3: know, that, that, that that's
1: what it really comes down to. If some kind of deal like that would happen. And I'm just spitballing here, but, um, you know, Lesnar it's it's a tough situation with him. If 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 he decides not to resign, they gotta get the belt off him soon. And they and then they gotta go forward with us. With yeah, I mean, with, it, with the championship
0: team. If they like, you know, and, and it's interesting. I, I, I would love if they crossed over. Um I think it would be very interesting, it'd be very intriguing, it'd be very new. Uh, now I know like in the grand scheme of things, you know, I don't know how many UFC fans watch pro wrestling, Uh, my impression is that a lot of UFC fans are are UFC fans because it's real and not scripted, and so they're not into wrestling. But I could be wrong. Um, It would be cool if the reason why Lesnar left is someone shows up on Raw from UFC and challenges him and gives you, like, storyline and some sort of crossover uh, that, that Lesnar's like, well, I've conquered everything here, now I'm going back to UFC to go after this guy. Something like that. I guess the thing is, and it's interesting doing this show, and anyone who does a wrestling show, in the grand scheme of things, it's very difficult to take a pulse, you know, week in and week out, which is what we do. Um, sometimes you got to look at the long haul and, and how a storyline and a program plays itself out. And you might hate something, On a given week, but then you watch how it all plays out, you know, and it works. Case in point, how many people hated when Randy Orton turned, screwed over Daniel Bryan at at SummerSlam, and everyone was outraged? But when you look how everything unfolded, and it resulted in Daniel Bryan winning the title at WrestleMania 30, well, then, all right, it all works. So it's very difficult. I think the problem is right now when you're looking at the Lesnar thing, the writing on the wall is that the payoff might not be as good. And if it, keeping him off TV, you know, all these contract scenarios swirling about, you know, if it's, I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, number one, uh, you know, if when are we going to see him? Is he going to keep the title? If he keeps the title through WrestleMania, are we at least going to see him more often throughout the WrestleMania season? You know, are we going to get a new contract? Because the worst thing in the world would be if his contract gets out and we know, like, his contract is up after WrestleMania. Because then you got a lame duck champion and you know he's going to lose and there's no suspense going into WrestleMania. So there's a lot of things that when you, you know, when you hear all the rumors, you just hope that they're able to use Lesnar and, and, you know, make it work. And the payoff for all this is worthwhile. You know, we're going to go... Let's run out the phones. We got Tony, who's been on hold for a bit. He called immediately, starting the show, and I kind of want to get his take on the whole Lesnar thing. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is yep. the number to call. Tony, are you there? Yep. How you doing, brother? So I'm. I'm curious, you know, as we're going through this whole thing. Brock Lesnar, part-time champion, not on TV. You know, contract rumors are swirling. What are your thoughts on the quote-unquote absentee champion? Well, yeah, I
3: don't know. I, I kind of have mixed feelings about it myself. I mean, I thought Dave brought up a few good points about how you know, him being off TV kind of helped, uh, you know, Ambrose and Rollins main event uh, the last uh, the last show. But uh, I, don't, yeah, I don't know. It's like the guy not being there. You know, I mean, like I said, even if it were some kind of like pre-tape, you know, pre-tape promo with him and Heyman, you know, and in in, uh, you know, just saying you know when they'll be back or whatever. You know. It's, you know, he'll be back at the like I mean he probably won't be back before the rumble, but you know it's like, you know, if they could have you like Heyman come out and you every couple you know everyone out and then and just say, you know, just you know, be kinda like, you know, tell you know, be like tell to you it's kinda like you know, you know, yeah, like be on the lookout. Remember what happened at SummerSlam, you know, you can have you know, it's what happened there, you know, and um you know, I mean I think I you know, like I I think they should they definitely be more uh, Paul Heyman on the show. That would be a uh that would be a big plus if they, if they got him on there. Uh more often. Um like I say as far as Brock mm-hmm. this this whole, this whole thing about it, you know, his um his contract running out after WrestleMania, February. I I think the first I think the first I'm hearing about this, one, but uh I don't know. I mean, you know, it's like I don't I don't know if I really want to see Brock hold the belt that long if he's just going to be is if he's going to be just like coming and if he's going to be just coming and going as he you know as, as he pleases it's going to be uh I don't know if I want to see him hold the belt to Wrestlemania and you know it's like nothing against Roman Reigns but I don't know if I want to see him be against, I don't know if I want to really want Reigns and Lesnar that's I don't know that that, that could be really brutal and uh you know it's never, I don't
0: know well it's interesting, it's interesting cause, like you know you look at it and so many things have changed and it you know, it looked like it was the perfect scenario. The writing was on the wall. You know, you liked what you are seeing out of Reigns. Reigns was gaining popularity. It seemed like he was going to be heir apparent. And When you looked at it, you were like, all right, you know, Lesnar champ. Somehow the, the storyline finagles where, you know, Roman Reigns gets the number one contendership, whether it's winning the Rumble or whatever the case is, he takes on Lesnar. And it, it looked like a perfect scenario. However, now things are kind of changing, and you know, Lesnar not being on TV at all, it's like, what, you know, when are they going to bring him back? Are they are they just going to bring him back to lose to Reigns? Like, is, is it going to have that much of an impact? Number one. Number two, I'm really curious what we're going to get out of Reigns when he comes back. Now, where is he physically? Where is his cardio? You would think coming off of a surgery like this, like, you know, I don't know where he he is as far as his training regimen. Uh, there have been instances, and, and again, right here on the show, big fans of Reigns, but there have been instances where he he, he was sucking wind pretty early in matches. Um, you know, does he get better on the mic? Is a is a major factor because to me, and I'm curious, Tony and Dave, your thoughts. I really think that the the vignettes that they've had that these small interviews that they they I know they they throw him on TV to keep him relevant at least. But I think they've done a disservice to him. For the, the small amount of time, the, the the one, two minutes that he's on, it's like watching paint dry. And and honestly, Roman Reigns looks disinterested. Uh, it's just, now I don't know if he's bummed that he's not there and he can't get, I don't know what it is. But I think right now, on on this date, November, 10th, 2014, I think the Roman Reigns' stock has dropped. And I'm really curious what exactly we're going to get out of him uh, coming back. And, and as much as the storyline kind of wrote itself, I don't know if we'd get the same impact at WrestleMania. So I'm, I'm curious for the both of you. I'll go, defer to Tony first, but, but your thoughts right now on where Roman Reigns is.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like I say, it's you know, like I say, he was he was real hot, at, you know, at the beginning, and you know, for the first couple of years, he was you know, with the shield and everything, and then um you know, ever since his injury, his you know, like I say, it's really kind of been, uh, you know, like I say it's been it's, he kind of cooled off. I mean, even you know, it's like you know, the, the, the couple of like the vignettes they're doing, it's like, I think they just. Did that twice where it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah major update on Roman Reigns. They even said Roman's going to be in the ring, and it was backstage or whatever. And it was, just, it was, you know, it's like these old like thirty second promos of him saying, "I'll be back," and, and you know, believe that and put his fist up. Which, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's never, you know, I'm not, even even the catchphrase, you know, that catchphrase is is, is just so forced. Yes, yeah, but it's. I don't know I mean it's like I say I don't know if I really want to see Reigns against you know Lesnar I don't want them to you know like I don't know if Reigns is really ready for the you know is really that ready for the uh you know to to be the, to be the guy And I, I mean I just I just don't know you know cuz like you say he's he's not bad but what I'm saying you know it's like I don't know I don't know if he can be like you know the main you know like the main attraction guy right now
0: it's, you And know, you hard think hard that there's... There's a growth process that he's missing right now. You know, I mean, maybe he would have been ready to main event WrestleMania, but you know, being you know being built into a star week in and week out is part of that growth process that he's missing right now. So, uh, there's a lot of question marks, Dave. Your thoughts? Um,
1: well, I will agree with you. The the the, uh, the in ring promos that they have or should say via satellite promos that they have done with him have. Done a disservice to him. The first one, especially, he sounded very robotic. It didn't even seem like he was live, like via satellite. Like Michael Cole had these questions prepped up, or at least I should say one question, because it was one question, Reigns answered it, and then that was the end of it. And it seemed very abrupt. And I was like, that's it? Like, you hyped up for three segments that he was going to be coming on and giving us a, a major update on his condition, and you ask him one question, and then that's it? Like, nothing else? You know? That was just that. That to me was like he didn't even like give us any like insight on like what where what direction his character's going to go in when he returns. The second interview, on the other hand, seemed a little bit more organic. It seemed like he was live in this in, wherever he was doing the interview, and his character seemed to have some direction. He's got his sights set on Seth Rollins when he returns. So I mean, that one seemed to be a little bit better. I just read recently that apparently he is taking acting class. Um, and to, to WWE wants him to be a more well-rounded character, and if they're going to make him the face of the company, if they're going to, you know, pack the rocket ship on him, that's not a bad idea, in my opinion. I mean, you know, the guy's got a great look. He'll probably get some movie roles. Um, not saying he'll be like a big blockbuster Hollywood star like The Rock is, but I'm sure that by his look and, you know, the way he carries himself and being the face of WWE someday, he will get some, you know, television roles, movie roles. Um so having him take acting classes is a benefit to him for his character in, in WWE as well as, you know, going forward if he wants to transition to being a movie star someday past his WWE career. Um and I do agree with both of you. His his star rose and then, you know, the injury kinda, you know, took took you know, his star fell. And I, I mentioned a few weeks ago on the show something like him coming back and beating being the guy to beat Rusev would help him, but I also think that job could be served better for a guy like Ryback too. So hopefully, when Reigns comes back, the you know um, the, the the theory that you know you don't know what you got till it's gone, um, you know, comes into play and people will be behind him more and more. I think when they split the Shield up, everybody assumed that. He was going to be the guy that everyone was going to be latching on to. And Ambrose kind of stuck in there as the one that really shined out of all three of them and differentiated itself from his shield character to what he is now. So I think Reigns needs to make a couple tweaks on his character. I think some of the acting that, you know, that that he's learning from his acting courses have to come into play and we'll see how well he does that. It changes look up a little bit. Like he's basically the lone shield member and he can't do that anymore. So if we see a few of those tweaks, I still see potential in him being the guy someday.
0: Tony, as always, thanks for for a great call and uh, lots of question marks going forward. Hopefully get a quality raw tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Take it easy, brother. Yeah. Man, Tony, some interesting stuff. <laughs> a little late, but better late than never. You know, about the midway, about the midway point of our show each and every week. It is time right now for the Day 5 50/50 News Report. That's right, Ken. You said it. The midway point
1: for the Day 5 50/50 News Report. Only heard the top of the hour or the midway point of the Ken Reedy show every single Monday night. Our first story. Former WWE superstar Alberto Del Rio looks to have reached an agreement with WWE regarding his future bookings going forward. The company, following his release last summer, was trying to prevent him from appearing on Rival Promotions' television programs. Now, as of this morning, Del Rio, a.k.a. El Patron, released this statement on Twitter. Following my departure from WWE, an understanding was reached with regards to my future booking opportunities. We wish each other well in our respective future endeavors. It was also revealed to a UK publication last week that Patron looks to debut for the upstart Lucha Underground promotion in 2015. Speaking of future bookings, it looks as if Rey Mysterio is looking towards his future, however not with the WWE. Mysterio met with CEO Vince McMahon backstage at last Monday's Raw in Buffalo, New York. Sources say that the meeting was planned to discuss his return to the company However, Mysterio has refused to return. Sources also say Mysterio is burnt out from a full-time WWE schedule and only wants to work part-time in Mexico as well as start a career in acting. Mysterio's contract with WWE ends in April of 2015. We don't normally report on them because in my area we normally don't get them. Ring of Honor is apparently pulling talent from appearing on several independent promotions, including the very popular promotion known as Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, based out of Reseda, California, which is booked and operated by former Ring of Honor talent Super Dragon. The company has signed talent to exclusive deals beginning last summer in order to expand the brand into wrestling mainstream and having final say on certain booking talent in order to protect the, the, the product and overall future of the company. This decision came down from upper management who aren't wrestling-oriented and not Ring of Honor CEO Joe Koff or Booker Deliria. It should be noted that several Ring of Honor talents are still advertised to appear at New Japan Pro Wrestling's Tokyo Dome Wrestle Kingdom pay-per-view on January the fifth, 2015, a joint production with Upstart and some say soon-to-be rival promotion, Global Force Wrestling. It wouldn't be a day five news report without talking about the comical subject that is TNA's television future. Reports out now saying that TNA may in fact stay with Spike TV. However, not at the rate the network was paying them before. Conflicting reports out now say TNA is a goner and will have to find another home. Based on the Spike TV programming schedule, which shows no new episodes of Impact after November the 19th. On the other hand, a representative from Spike TV recently stated that negotiations with TNA is still ongoing and hope to reach a new deal soon. Regardless of who or what you believe, the future of Impact Wrestling and TNA does not look positive at this point in time. And our fifth and final story this week, WG and America is getting into the wrestling game. As they've announced in a press release this week that wrestling with death will be coming to the network. An unscripted reality docu-series profiles a family from Arkansas who by day are morticians running the Wilson Funeral Home and by night they run the Mid-Southern Championship Wrestling League. The season premiere is scheduled for Tuesday, January 13, 2015 at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on WG in America. And there you have it, folks. That was the Day 5 News Report at the midway point of the Ken Reedy Show. Only heard either at the top of the hour or the midway point right here on the Ken Reidy Show
0: every single Monday night. Ken, take it away. Man, like a funeral home and, and you know, uh, hopefully you don't confuse your, your the two jobs. <laughs> it's amazing, like, these networks just throw it up against the wall and see what sticks. Uh, it's bad, man, because I, I just... I hear, like, funeral home and wrestling and, and I have... You know, bad images of uh, you know Triple H uh, having sex in a casket, or uh, a casket being dragged off as as Big Show is is jumping on top of it. So oh. lots of lots of bad images yeah. when it comes to like uh, funeral want- homes and, and and wrestling.
1: Do you want to hear an interesting story? I'm gonna I'm going, to tell, I'm going to tell this brief. It's funny that you mentioned that the the whole Triple H funeral home thing. I saw an interview with Triple H once on Opie and Anthony and they had asked him about that scene of the whole having sex with a mannequin and the necrophilia, and, a le- and this is what Triple H said. Apparently, there was a funeral going on in the next room while they were filming this scene with, with Triple H portraying Kane having sex with this mannequin doll in this coffin, and Vince McMahon is behind the camera, and old Mr. McMahon yelling at Triple H, Harder!
2: harder! Do it harder!
1: And and then the director of the funeral home or somebody who was performing the funeral service that was next door in this funeral home pops open the door and Triple H, with his butt cheeks hanging out of this coffin and a cane mask, just pulls the mask up and looks at the funeral director and says, are we too loud? And he goes, yeah, could you keep it down? And then he pulls the mask back on and they
0: continue filming. (laughs) That's awesome. Only in the wonderful world of professional wrestling could you have a story like that. Unbelievable. I can't wait. You know, and it's funny because I'll be tuning in to watch it, so go figure. Anyway, got a few more things to get into. Just so you guys know, um, we are going to be having a Survivor Series, an all-time Survivor Series tournament. We have named eight teams. The brackets have been set. And the winner is going to be determined by your votes. So right now we have posted um, our first matchup, our first first round matchup has been posted on the Facebook page. So get your votes in. The first matchup is Team Hulkamaniacs, which is definitely a number one seed, versus Team Visionaries, which uh, let's I guess in our tournament probably the eighth seed. So <laughs> there you have it. So that is the first matchup. Get over there. Vote. Team Hulkamaniax, does does Hulkamania run wild in the first round of our tournament? Or do the visionaries somehow pull an upset? Get your votes in. We'll be announcing the other matchups, you know, whenever we feel like it. And we'll have the all-time greatest Survivor Series. Team, also, when you vote, give us a scenario. Be creative. Uh, Let's let's hear how the match unfolds. And we want to hear also who you think would be the sole Survivor. So check that out on our Facebook. Get your votes in, and we'll be doing that uh, up until Survivor Series. Dave, I had to tell you something. I forgot at the top of the show, but I'll bring it up now. Cool story over the weekend. I was at a party, and this guy I haven't seen in quite some time comes into the party. and I know he's a big wrestling fan. Walks right up to me. First words out of his mouth, they're not like, hey, what's up? Hey, long time. Hey, it was, why no show last week? I was like, he's like, wow he, works, he downloads, he he makes sure to listen to each and every week. He was naming like he was he was quoting you, Dave. And wow. I was like, Wow, it's all, so it was really cool to, to like like wow there are fans out there. There are people out there that are are listening to our words. So I, I thought well, that do was you happen to know, of,
1: Do you happen to know which one of my quotes he was quoting, if you don't mind me asking?
0: I I'm trying to I'm forgetting. It was from a couple of weeks ago and I I remember like it was it was He's like, I totally agree with Dave when he said, "Well," and I'm I'm brain farting right now. But he like, I remember him okay. quoting you, not quoting you word for word, but like definitely articulating your point. And I was like, wow, that's he's he's definitely listening. And he said he listens to. So shout out to Chico because so, like, he said he's not able to listen live, but he uh, he listens uh, on Tuesdays, I believe. So shout out, thanks for listening, thanks for the support, and uh, you know, hey, tell your Chico. Chico, hey! he's a good guy. Hey, Chico, <laughs> Chico and the Man. Anyway, let's get back to things. One of the things, and, and piggybacking the the Lesnar conversation, what I think is very intriguing when you look at 2014 in the world of pro wrestling, and very interesting to look at Lesnar. And you know, Dave, you're you're okay with with the uh, the absence. Me not so much. But it hasn't been like stellar right now, Lesnar's run run as champion. And with the speculation going forward, you know, you hope that this run means something in the long run, but with the contract negotiations, it the, the status is iffy. Coming out of fourteen thousand fourteen, 2014, WrestleMania thirty. Yeah, Brock Lesnar, all the heat in the world, beats the streak, beats Taker. You know, you got so much you can do with him because the world hates him right now. You have Cesaro, maybe the moment of the night. You know, I guess you, gotta, you know, got to put Daniel Bryan there, but Cesaro winning the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. The next night, joining up with Heyman. You know, popularity through the roof at that point. Cesaro is, is on his way. He is on his way to superstardom. Wyatt, Bray Wyatt finishes his feud... Loses to John Cena, but he's running a good program with John Cena. You think, program with John Cena, sky's the limit for Bray Wyatt. The guy, you know, can cut a great promo. He can work in the ring. This guy is on his way. And obviously, Daniel Bryan finally breaks through. Main event's WrestleMania 30, wins the championship. And now, who knows what his status is health-wise. I, I think it's, you know it's interesting when you look at WrestleMania 30, and you look at the things that were put in place for the remainder of 2014 and beyond, and those four major things have not really panned out at all. And I, I still will put WrestleMania 30 on, on a short list as far as great WrestleManias. I mean, I think WrestleMania 30 is right up there as far as best WrestleManias of all time. But it's interesting how people are going to look at it going forward in a historical context, because of all these things that did not pan out uh, coming out afterwards. And I am I am curious, as far as how the Lesnar thing plays out, are people going to look back on WrestleMania 30 and, and think, yeah, it was worth it that he broke the streak? So it, it, there's like, now it's weird. It's like, as much as I thought the WWE and creative did a nice job at setting stuff up uh, coming out of WrestleMania, those four things... You know, not really working right now.
2: No.
1: No. Uh, Yeah. Lesnar, I mean, a lot of people from the get-go, you and I included when we went out after WrestleMania and and we said he was the wrong guy to end it. I mean, you and I both said he was the wrong guy to end it. A lot of people felt the same way. A lot of people were still in shock that they even ended the streak to begin with. Um, And... pretty much the general consensus amongst you and I and most wrestling fans that we were in, in close proximity to in new Orleans during that weekend was what are they going to do with him? Um, now that he ended the streak, he's a part-time guy. And I even heard some comments like they can't give him the belt because what's he going to do? He's not going to be able to defend it. So WWE said everything that the fans didn't want them to do with Brock Lesnar after ending the streak. Um, like I said, I'm not I'm not in disagreement with you know with, with with the way they're handling Lesnar right now. I said that earlier. Um the Bray Wyatt situation, I mean Bray Wyatt I guess is kind of in a reborn stage right now. Um he had a pretty good run with John Cena. I like the stuff that he did. He him I said this before a million times, he didn't have to win every match to come out looking like a star out of that feud because His character wasn't about winning. His character was about mentally screwing with your head and the inflicting pain and punishment. It wasn't about wins and losses to that character. And I don't think it still is either. Um, I think his run with Jericho fell flat for me, in my opinion. It had high expectations, didn't live up to it. I thought the matches were solid to good, but it was kind of a redundant storyline that they had done with Cena previously. And then they just... Really, just didn't do anything with him after that until just recently, bringing him back against Ambrose. Daniel Bryan, unfortunately, he had an injury, and the injuries kept him out, and it sucked because I really think that he he could have been one of those not one of those top names to really lead WWE into the future. Um, and I think he still has an opportunity to if he can come back. And and the Cesaro situation, oh my God! Like this is how I compare it. Cesaro, yes, he had that feet of strength, body slamming Big Show, got a huge pop. He was popular that whole weekend. Just about everybody and their mother knew that he was going to break off from the real American and he was going to have a successful run as a single star and as a babyface. Well, he did do part of that, but then he joined up with Paul Heyman, and I think that the I think at first people loved it, but then it just didn't really there there was it didn't make much sense. He didn't like being held down from. Coulter and Swagger, and it only made sense for his character to turn good and to go out on his own. Um, although I did like the pairing at times, there just wasn't a great explanation as to why it took place. And to me, I think that needed that. And after, you know, they just abruptly said, well, he's done with Heyman, like, they did, they've did, they done nothing with him. And then you'll you'll bring this flash of greatness back where had that great match with Sheamus at a champion, and some good matches with Ziggler, but then he loses two falls on a road to Ziggler. It's like this reminds me a lot of when they pushed Dolph Ziggler last year, wins the belt, gets a concussion, loses the belt, has a little bit of a chase with Del Rio for it, and then after that he becomes like the ultimate jobber, you know, for, for WWE for a long time. He was in the doghouse for them for a long time. I don't know what Cesaro did. He's in. The, this is exactly reminds me of what happened with Ziggler last year. Putting on great matches, getting good reactions, but for whatever reason, they just don't put him in significant storylines or make his character look any stronger than it needs to be. Um, so yeah, right now in 2014, it's a little bit different. I mean, it's it's been a, I wouldn't say it's a strange year, but it's been it's been a roller coaster of a year, at least in WWE, if not in all of wrestling. With the way the wrestling business and the landscape has changed, but WWE, you know, more importantly. Because of the network, because pay-per-view buy rates have declined, because of the change, we said it changing of the guard. But it really doesn't seem like that it changed for that much longer. Um, but then again, you see it again. I mean the the they're starting to use younger talent, so maybe we are on a youth resurgence. Who knows? But it's been it's been weird with those four situations. But at least in at least in all of these situations. I'm optimistic and hopeful that they can rebound from it. I mean, Wyatt's been doing some good stuff with Ambrose since he returned. I thought, the, I thought his reintroduction to Hell in the Cell was pretty damn cool. His promo on Friday night with, with Ambrose was awesome. I thought it was good stuff. Um, Brian, we still don't know his injury status. We still don't know when he's able to return. But if he's able to return, there's there's a lot of questions, but I'm still confident that he'll return and he'll be so popular that they'll have no choice but to do something significant with him. Lesnar, he's got the belt, so he's gotta come back. And then Cesaro, they can't you can't deny talent. That's how I look at it. In WWE you can't deny talent. You can only hold them down for so long. And they've got a formula with guys, especially guys that they're looking at building towards their future. They'll they'll build you up. But then they'll tear you down. And why do they tear you down? To see if you can handle it.
0: And if you can handle it,
1: then they'll build you right back up and make you a part of their upper echelon for the future of WWE. And that's what I see them doing with Cesaro.
0: I mean, I hope that's the case with Cesaro. I guess that's like that. my optimistic side is saying, yeah, that's what they're doing, Cesaro. The weird thing about Cesaro is you just think, you know, and again, I agree with you. Like there's certain characters, wins and losses are not important. Um, so that's why I didn't, you know, people thought, uh, Cena should have put over why it didn't bother me, you know, him losing, because I don't think that character needs to win. He laughs when he loses. Um, but sometimes wins are important, and I really thought the inaugural Andre the Giant Battle Royal, and the spot they gave him, um, and then what happened the night after, I it was so, and I get the rationale that that's what they do, they tear people down and build them back up, but, I, I mean... That night on Monday Night Raw, you know, I mean, the guy was like over, big time. And then he he joins up with Heyman, it was just, you can do anything with him now. This guy is so over, it's ridiculous. Um, And not only is he over, but he's got all the talent in the world in the ring. I mean, an unbelievable competitor, a guy who, you know, can wrestle, you know, he's not a big, big guy, but... So he can wrestle the smaller guys and and have great matches, but at the same time he's ridiculously strong as, as hell so he can give you great matches with the bigger, stronger guys as well, and you pair him with maybe the best mouthpiece in wrestling right now. It was like, oh my god! I mean, oh my god! Could the stars be more aligned for someone than they were for Cesaro coming out of Monday Night Raw, after WrestleMania, and then it was just, pfft. it's all right, let's 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 tear him down now. It was just weird how how over he was that weekend, and then it was just, all uh, right. yeah, no, not anymore. Like, you do start to wonder, you know, did did Cesaro walk by, you know, Stephanie one night, it's like, hey, your ass looks good in that dress. And it was like, you know, that's it, you know. <laughs> You're getting buried well- now.
1: All right, let me. All right, let me. Let me just step in here for one minute. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. You know, he was so over that weekend a, a year prior. You know who was so over that weekend? Fandango, especially the night after. And look what happened to him. The follow the previous year before that, in Miami. You know who was so over that weekend? Daniel Bryan. That was his big coming out party. And yes, that eighteen second loss was the greatest thing that ever happened to that kid. But about a month after. He didn't. He. I wouldn't. He didn't fall as far as Cesaro, but he wasn't exactly the most. He wasn't. He wasn't featured as much on TV. They had no choice but to keep him on TV, but they limited his role. and Then they eventually paired him up with Kane, and I wasn't a big fan of that, but it worked out in the end and helped develop his character going, you know, into the next year and a half, building towards him being, you know, a, a main event talent. So. It seems like it's a pattern that a guy who is super popular during WrestleMania weekend, a guy that the people just want to see break out and become a bigger star than he already is, has that moment. And then after that, it's like the, the teardown stage begins The directly after the night after WrestleMania. Do you, you
0: follow where I'm going here? I, I, you know, it's weird, and I, I do see it. Um, now the big difference is, like number one, Daniel Bryan and Cesaro are, are light years away talent-wise than and Fandango. So let's put that oh, out absolutely. there. First absolutely. off, the the one thing that I think is is different is, you know, that almost like the the Fandango thing and and the Daniel Bryan thing um, were things that kind of happened organically with the crowd that that kind of built those guys up. The weird thing for me with Cesaro is. That creative put stuff in. Like, I say Daniel Bryan is an 18 second loss. You know, you have Cesaro wins the inaugural Andre the Giant Battle Royal. And and as it, like, after WrestleMania, like, the teardown's supposed to begin, like, you would think, why would they pair him with Heyman? It was, it's unusual to me that he would. And I get it, it is a consistent pattern, but. It's it's just unusual to me, I guess, and and maybe that is the case, and maybe we're gonna look at a another build. Hopefully, I mean, honestly, coming out of WrestleMania, and even a little while after that, you know, my thought, and I wasn't the only one, was you know, hey, maybe we see Lesnar win the belt, and maybe we see Cesaro come and be that heir apparent. Maybe it's not a Roman Reigns. Maybe Cesaro's the guy, and and discussing, you know, that Heyman would still be managing Cesaro, so Heyman would be managing both combatants in in the main event at WrestleMania, you know, those sort of things were being, I mean, Cesaro, you know, again, like you said, coming out party, you know, I mean, hopefully they build him up again, but at this point in 2014, I I can't imagine him sniffing a main event in in a pay-per-view anytime soon, let alone WrestleMania. Um, you know, you just hope at some point that, uh, I don't know. It just seems kind of lost, think, and hopefully he finds his way at some point.
1: Think think about think, this for a minute here. You know, you mentioned that, you know, that, that just the timeline of events that you discussed with, with Cesaro and everything. Think about some of the other factors that have taken place since WrestleMania. I personally believe Daniel Bryan's injury changed a lot of things. We didn't see it. We didn't. None of us saw or expected the Shield to break up. Okay, there was talk that those guys were going to get pushes, but that was going to be later in the year, at least from what I remember and the reports that I've read. Nobody expected the Shield to break up. That took place after Daniel Bryan's future, ring future was uncertain. Cesaro splitting off from Hayman. That was another uh, another storyline that was just dropped after Daniel Bryan's in-ring future was was in question. You know, Cena becoming, you know, the the, the champion again, obviously. That wasn't in the cards. That wasn't in the plans. The original plan, from what I've read, and I, I think it, you know, I, I, I do believe it to be true, was Daniel Bryan's going to hold that championship until SummerSlam, and he was going to be the one to get dethroned by Brock Lesnar. And then they would have the rematch at night of Champions. And the, and you you would do the big man the David versus Goliath story between the two of them. That's what was that's what at least I I thought, and I think a lot of other factors changed and took place because of Daniel Bryan's injury. I don't believe Seth Rollins was truly supposed to be the Money in the Bank contract holder, but I think that happened because Daniel Bryan's injury. I think a lot of stuff was centered around the, you know the, the the rest of 2014 going into the the, the summer and the end of the summer with Daniel Bryan. And I think one person's injury affected a lot of things taking place. I mean, hell, you and I both mentioned the show. Jericho came back because they needed him to come back. They called him around the same time Daniel Bryan got hurt, and then a month later they brought him back so he could do something with Wyatt because they needed some star power on the show. So, you know, go figure. Like, I I have a feeling that, like, a lot of things that took place or because of
0: one person's injuries. And it makes sense. I mean, look, it's one person that they centered all of creative around, so it sent them scrambling and, you know, maybe that's it. I mean, we could speculate and and look at a pattern and say that, you know, this is what they're doing, Cesaro, and it's time to tear him down and build him up again. Or, you know, maybe it is Daniel Bryan's injury had rippling effects throughout the landscape and for whatever reason, those effects uh, caused a guy like Cesaro to kind of fall through the cracks. Who knows exactly what happened, but it is—it's just an interesting thing to look at coming out of WrestleMania 14. Why I keep saying 14, 2014, WrestleMania 30. Um, they had like these these major pushes in place to go forward, and they they just they didn't. And it's it's interesting, like you know. You almost feel like you know thirty, forty, fifty years from now, a kid will be watching you know the WWE Network and maybe it won't be nine ninety nine anymore, but he'll be watching WrestleMania thirty, and you know would see a guy like Cesaro and, and think wow like that guy you know huge superstar and then asking his his grandpappy you know what happened with Cesaro He's like eh hey, did nothing after that you know. It just—I mean—it's amazing. Like out of the context of what's happened afterwards, if you knew nothing about wrestling, you would watch WrestleMania 30 and think that Cesaro's a, a, a huge star, and again, a very talented individual. Hopefully, uh, they write the ship. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We're going to go out to the phones. What do you guys think about 2014 coming out of WrestleMania 30? Your thoughts on Brock Lesnar? You, you okay with the absentee champion? You—you you, you mad at it? What are your thoughts, you know, at the phones? Because we got Mike on the line. Mike, how are you doing this evening? You got
2: Pats, you got Geno's. I don't know where I should go for my steak. Oh, my! I on the air? Sorry about that. I was just contemplating my Royal Rumble run when I go to Philadelphia because I will be in Philadelphia for the Royal Rumble.
0: Woo! I can't, I can't wait. wait I'm, I'm excited. I to see you at the surprise entrance. They're going to 40 men this year again.
2: Right? Nah, you know, I heard they're going back to 30. I heard. Someone said they're not doing 40.
0: So, so you're not going to be able to be in?
2: Yeah, I'm not going to get in, so Hulk Hogan's going to take my spot. Nice. (laughs) I love it. Um, You guys are talking a lot about WrestleMania 14. No, uh, you're talking a lot about (laughs) WrestleMania 30. You're talking about all these guys that. Could have been, should have been, would have been. Um, I I think I think that Cesaro, you know, he, he, the, the kid will probably be asking Grandpappy, "Hey, isn't that the guy we seen at Walmart cleaning up the other day?" That's what he'll probably be saying. Maybe, uh, who knows? You never know. But um, I get your point about Cesaro. He should be he should be in a, um, you know, uh, he should be in a, in, in, a, uh, in a in a higher um, you know, bracket than he is. What did he walk by Stephanie and say, "Hey, Stephanie, you're looking good. You know, you know, in that shirt." Mm. Maybe that's what he said. I don't know. Could be, but I I, I don't know. But anyway, you know, to to uh, to go on tonight is is uh, it's it, it's a couple of things. You know, um, the the one thing I'm gonna say is the one thing I want to say is this. I gotta say, get wells to a couple of people. Um. You know, you heard about poor Preacher. You know, Preacher, my my thoughts and prayers are with him and his family. And uh, Joe the Ref, I don't know, you know Joe the Ref from BWO. Joe the Ref has been injured. Um, He hurt himself, and he's been in rehab. He's been rehabbing, and my thoughts and prayers are with him. I spoke to him before. And uh, Tony Scott's been sick in the hospital. So, just been uh, just my thoughts and prayers to those guys and their families, and hopefully they'll get bigger and stronger. And, uh, brought, and and you know, and now this is gonna shock the wrestling world. You know who I gained a lot of respect for? Who? Who? Ryback.
0: What?
2: Ryback.
0: What? They stop the presses. Seven thirty-six on November tenth, two thousand fourteen. Uh, All right, let me me hear the positives about Ryback.
2: Feed me more. That's what I want. Feed me more. The positive about Ryback, I like where he's going.
0: I like where where he's he's going. Where do you think he's going? I think he's going on Team Alliance. He's
2: going to join the Alliance. Well, I mean, no, the alliance. Sorry, the authority. Sorry, authority? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not the alliance. Sorry, the authority. <laughs> I guess fourteen in the alliance today. What the heck? But I mean, anyway, he's gonna he's gonna join the authority. <sighs> oh, by the way, by the way, I got a, I, I got a crybaby on my on my on my Facebook that's crying about Randy Orton. This guy is a big Randy Orton fan. He loves Randy Orton. It's his idol. Okay, and this guy comes on my Facebook page and tells me, you know, Triple H deserved what he got. You know what? Randy deserved what he got because you know what? It shouldn't have been Stephanie telling. Uh, it shouldn't have been Stephanie telling Triple H to end this. It should have been Triple H ending it himself and saying, you know what? I had enough of you. You don't put your hands on me. What are you crazy? What are you trying to bump me? Nobody bumps him. Remember one thing. He's the game. The cerebral assassin. He made Randy Orton. Randy Orton, no one even knew who he was. Please. Yeah, he's Bob. You hear that, Orton? You hear that, Randy Orton? That's a threat. Yeah, he made, yeah, Triple H made Randy Orton. Ric Flair and Triple H made Randy Orton. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't even know who Randy Orton is. Yeah, Yeah, Orton. Yeah, he's Bob Orton's son, Mister Ace, yes, who, who, who 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 was a bodyguard for Rowdy Roddy Piper. You know, you're right. But I mean, come on. I mean, come Randy on. Orton's a good, good guy, good wrestler, but he's not come smart on. sometimes. He's not smart sometimes because you don't go up against the authority, you lose. Can I get an amen? Amen. Hey, Loser. Man.
0: Absolutely. you.
2: Thank you, guys. I, I appreciate it, I I I can tell the sense of sarcasm in the air. I by know. By the way,
0: it. Did. you never cross the alliance. Never uh, cross the, the alliance. alliance.
2: <laughs> well, why don't we talk about that's WrestleMania? WrestleMania uh, why don't we talk about WrestleMania fourteen? <laughs> after all, after all, it was it was held in the Silver Dome.
0: <laughs> maybe what did it, you guys think
2: it. of that? What did you guys think of that when Hulk Hogan said that?
0: He's Hulk Hogan. He can do no wrong. Like, did you guys really like have
2: to? Yeah. Did you guys really have to check what city you're you were in? Like, wait a minute. I thought I was in New Orleans.
0: I. You know, it's funny, man. And I'll be honest with you. I was, I was marking out so bad at that I know, moment. I, him, I I didn't can. even realize he was he was saying the wrong thing. It was only like I started correcting him. Like, oh wait, what? <laughs>
2: I saw but, the yeah. video, Ken. Ken, I saw the video. All I hear <laughs> is you going, yay, yay. You sounded like Kermit the Frog. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Well, speaking of Mark Out, out of in one Mark Out moment.
0: moment. That was my Mark Out
2: ah You're allowed a lot, a lot of Mark Out moments, man. It's not <laughs> called Mark and Out. It's called We're Fans of We Enjoy... Wrestling and this is what we enjoy. Hey, yeah. I wear my whole I wear my whole rules T shirt all the time.
0: And you all wear right, but you know
2: what I want to know too? How come How come Connecticut doesn't have that many pay per views?
0: What's up with that? What's up with that? <laughs> Dave, you're from Connecticut. Like, why is that? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean,
2: <laughs>
1: it's it's not a it's not a large market. Like, you know, in all seriousness, I. I I posted this on your Facebook. It's yes. They held a WrestleMania. Why? Because I've got to look at it. WWE was not a very popular, profitable wrestling company. They were about a year removed from the steroid trial and wrestling just was not, it was, it was, it was a bad word. So they held it in Connecticut, Hartford, because they knew they couldn't get any more than the amount of people that they were going to get in, in, in that building, you know, which was about fourteen, fifteen thousand 15,000 people. Um, you know, it's it held two other pay-per-views. It held the 1990 Survivor Series, which saw the debut of the Undertaker, and it held Vengeance uh, in 2004. Um, so it's only had like a couple of pay-per-views, but hey, WrestleMania.
2: A, hey, and WrestleMania. Hey, WrestleMania 11. I know
1: that. I know that's what I was referring to and talking about was WrestleMania 11 in 1995, and they've only held three pay-per-views. So it's not a strong wrestling market. Yes, the company's based in Connecticut, but. There are larger cities that have bigger buildings, newer state-of-the-art arenas that will hold a pay-per-view that you can get more people in and more revenue. And they will definitely New York. not get a royal rumble. I'm sorry?
2: New York, Philadelphia, Jersey.
1: I know. I know. I was I was getting it. Do you want to answer the question for me or should
2: I? I might as well. I'm smart anyway. No, I'm You oh, answer yeah. it. You answer it.
1: No, but anyhow, I was just saying there's larger markets, larger arenas, state of the art that will hold you know these events that will draw more people and have a stronger wrestling fan base. Connecticut does have a strong wrestling fan base, but when people think of in the Northeast, they think of New York, they think of New Jersey, they you know they, they think of Philadelphia, you know, as really strong wrestling markets. So you won't see a big event. You'll see a Monday Night Raw at, at, at the Civic Center in Hartford or, or at the casino. Um, but you won't see big time pay-per-views because they're not big arenas and it's just not a strong market, like I said.
2: Yeah, they're using that other arena now too. The one that keep on changing the name. They keep on changing the name for it. In Bridgeport. The one in, Bri-
1: in Bridgeport, yeah, they run TV. Yeah, they run TV there because that, re- that arena only holds like eight, nine thousand people. So it's, a, it's an arena for a minor minor league hockey team. So. You're not gonna get the Royal Rumble there, you know, Bridgeport, Connecticut for eight thousand no. people. You're gonna get the Royal Rumble in Philadelphia with, you know, nineteen, twenty thousand people in the building.
2: The Royal Rumble is gonna be good this year. It's gonna be a rumble, all right. And I got my uh I made my picks already for my for my uh baby all the way. I, I I just love the I just love the Hulk Hogan the the, the Axe, the Smasher, I just love him. Jake the Snake Roberts, Damien. I love him. The Gobbly Gooker, oh no, that's 90. I like the Gobbly Gooker. The Gobbly Gooker.
0: Bring back the Gobbly him. Gooker.
2: Hey, they should. I mean, he did criss-crosses, crisscrosses with Mean Gene in the ring. That was great. Nice. The only thing I was upset about was that was Macho Man Randy Savage did not wrestle.
1: Yeah, why was that? I'm not. I don't remember
2: what happened. Why did he? Why was he only there to cut a promo? I don't
1: know. Well,
2: you're smart. You said you were smart earlier. That's why I'm asking. I am you. smart, but I. I mean, I mean, I am smart when it comes. Up, but maybe because he was setting himself up for who's going to be the champion. Yeah, he wanted to be the champion. Maybe he he didn't want to you know have a team or be a participant.
3: Ooh, yeah.
2: Maybe there wasn't room for him. I mean, you know, there was all these other. Uh, what team was he gonna go on? You know what? You know one guy though that. You know one guy I would love to see, and this is a good scenario. Rusev, I would love to see Rusev on a team like Bad Brown. You know how you know you don't put Bad Brown on a, on a team. You know, twice he turned on his own tag team partners. And walked right. out. I would like to see Rusev do that. Like just like I'm teaming with Americans. Like just beat the crap out of of of, the, of, of his team because you know so he's going to be on. You know he's going to be on the team. Um, he's going to be on the uh, authority.
0: Rusev, whatever he hits,
2: he destroys. Yeah, but that's <laughs> Rocky, I think, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's <laughs> that. He, that, that, whatever he hits, he destroys.
0: Sure, I kick you in your groin. You know, so I got to tell you, man. You know, this now we're we're just going off the rails. But I got to tell you a story. As we are celebrating uh, Michelle's dad's wedding, we're sitting there at the dinner table and like struggling for conversation. And Michelle the looks Russian at me laptop. and and says, "Oh, by the way, Ken knows the Russian national anthem." <laughs> and her eyes light up. Like really. And Michelle's like, you should sing it. I'm like, I don't know the Russian National Anthem. It's like, yeah, you do. I'm like, I know what Nikolai Volkov sang. I don't even know if that's still the Russian National Anthem. Yeah, I and think it's never he like I know. actually sang any words. I would just... I mean, every wrestling fan knows that. And Michelle's like, oh, yeah, Ken knows it. Ken knows the Russian National Anthem. Like, really, you know it? Yeah, come on, Ken. Hey. i like, I'm not singing the Russian
2: national anthem. You know you know who also <laughs> knew the Russian national anthem? The overnight oh. when he decked uh when he when he decked uh, Nikolai Volkov from singing it at uh at the at the uh what do you call it, WrestleMania six? <sighs> Good trivia. That's another that's another thing too. Breath of Hitman Heart was so sore. He's like, Here we are he I asked him about that because he wrote about it in his book. And I asked him, I said, were you sore that they gave you, like, two minutes? He said, let me ask you a question. What would you do if you came out in, in Canada where you're loved and, and 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 they tell you two seconds, bring it home? He's like, the Anvil looked at me. I looked at him. I'm like, are you kidding me? I hope this leads to a bigger payday down the line. And sure enough, they gave him the belts. Nice.
0: Mike, but, uh, really but, but what do you
2: guys think, but I'm going to go, but tonight um, tonight is, is going to be a definitely, you know, as we lead into Survivor Series, this is the time to survive. What are your favorite Survivor Series ma- uh, matches? And then I'll just lead on in with that. You know, mine, I'd say it every year, it's the 89, this is my favorite Survivor Series I love all those those great matches. We need to go back to the traditional Survivor Series. But guys, I will talk to you next week. And remember one thing, Dave. I am smart. <laughs>
0: Thanks. i talk to you next <laughs> week, Mike. And I'm like, oh, it's you
3: didn't see phone calls.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know the Russian national anthem. Anyway, guys, like phone calls, man. <laughs> You know, all winding, winding road, whatever. Interesting at one point uh, when at some at some point there was one or two coherent points uh, during that whole fiasco. But Ryback, I found it interesting that he said something positive about Ryback, and to discuss the last few minutes of the show as we're going into Monday Night Raw, you know, and you know, put your fingers in your ears and like I don't count this stuff as spoilers because the WWE. Has posted this stuff themselves, so not spoilers, but we're talking about. We're going to see it tonight. What I found interesting when when Ryback came back was they put the feed me more back in his music. He was going after the chant. He comes back, has a squash match, and it was like, wow, did we just time warp? Did we just like forget everything else that Ryback did, and we went back to, you know, when he was having squash after squash and and getting the feed me more chant going. And it was like, wow, maybe they're just going to rebuild him uh, the same way they built him initially. So it looked like he was going to perhaps have a face run. And now reports on WWE.com is that Ryback turns on Cena and that he's going to be joining the team alliance, I mean the authority. And so we're going to get heel Ryback again. So it's interesting how quickly this all happened, that the Feed Me More was coming and now... He's going Authority. Um, another guy that was real popular uh, was a good build. Lost for a while. I don't know. Like, I mean, do you like the move? If, if unless we get some sort of weird swerve tonight, and that's not the case, but it looks like Ryback is joining the Authority or Team Authority, we should say. What are your thoughts, Dave, on, on kind of the, the back and forth with Ryback? Um. Well, here, let
1: me just. Briefly break it down for you as far as Ryback goes. I mean, Ryback, you know his his initial run as a babyface in the beginning, I thought it was good stuff. He had the people behind him. His masters were short and sweet and to the point. But people were behind him. They hit a couple of roadblocks. One, Cena got injured. They put somebody in a main event position that wasn't exactly ready yet. But the people were behind it. They wanted to see it, so they pulled the trigger. And when they pulled the trigger. They pulled it against c m Punk, a guy who they were still trying to establish as one of their all time greats with that long championship reign that he had, so you couldn't sacrifice Punk's reign at the same time with Ryback losing this match it was they were in a lose lose situation, so they did that screw job finish, and then Ryback kept getting screwed by Heyman and the shield. but the people were still behind it because the people still wanted to see Ryback get his you know come up and 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 eventually. You know, get his revenge on these guys, and the way they had booked it, the way they 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 played it out, it didn't come that way. And then they just kind of forced a a heel turn the night after WrestleMania, and I just don't think it was it was planned out properly. They had everybody thinking that like, oh, Ryback's going to get his revenge. Ryback's going to take out the Shield. Ryback's going to take out CM Punk, and none none of that happened. And they just made him look like a fool. Like all those you know wins that he had in his win streak and, you know, even some of the good matches he had with Punk and with the Shield and just the way it was built up, it made everybody think that like it was it would have been the right move for Ryback to get the win. Hell, it would have been the right move in my opinion, for Punk to stay the champion going into WrestleMania and Ryback win the rumble and finally get that match. But they didn't do that. Um that's what I would have liked to have seen. had some fresh blood in the main event team as opposed to Rock Cena two twice in a lifetime for the title. I would still would like to have seen that rematch, but just not for the title. Um, so that midterm heel and it's just forced. And I don't know. I, I just I didn't like the heel run. I, he was better as a babyface. He's this superhero monster looking of a guy people can get behind. He's got that incredible physique, the incredible look. His moves are powerful. It does have little remnants of Goldberg, but not a lot. And the chant is catchy. Everybody gets gets into it. It, it could work again, in my opinion, as a babyface. But, you know, the spoiler you're talking about, how they 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 turned him against the authority, I think that's a short-term thing. I really don't think that they're going to waste their time and 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 do, you know, another Ryback heel turn when they just brought him in two weeks ago as a babyface. I think this is short-term. It wouldn't surprise me if something changes next week on the way to Survivor Series or in, during mid-match. He turns on them. And he's been a plant, you know, a part of Cena's group all along. Um, but I don't see Ryback being a heel. This, this The heel run was over with. Hell, they acknowledged him and Curtis Axel breaking up as a tag team on Superstars, which can be seen on the network. Um, so, they, 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 to me, just two weeks ago, you had plans for him as a babyface. Now you're going to turn him as a heel. I think this is short-term. I think it's a whole swerve thing. I'm not worried about it. If, comes Survivor Series, he's on that team, and after that he's still a heel, then it's a different story. But I'm not worried about it right now.
0: Yeah, it's it's just unusual. And, and it's interesting because, again, going back to WrestleMania 30, we were talking about before, you know, again, this rippling effect and, the, you know, these ideas and, and, you know, not knowing what to do with certain guys and, you know, Daniel Bryan going down with an injury, uh, Roman Reigns going down with an injury, uh, you know, big players, and they you have uh, Randy Orton that's going to be gone for a little while, so how did that affect how they were going to book the Survivor Series matchup, so it should be interesting to see how they go into Survivor Series, uh, and and what impact, you know, do we see Orton show up again, does Orton show up at the pay-per-view, um, how long is, is Orton's absence going to be, so what kind of an impact, uh, not having the Viper around, how is that going to affect the landscape of the WWE? Well,
1: Having him, not having him around, especially last week. Last week, he, you know, they they built that story up really well with him and Rollins and the main event and the implications for Survivor Series throughout the course of the show. It was done really well, you know, despite John Cena's absence. I think they did an excellent job, and I think Rollins did an excellent job playing the heel role that he has. And I would, I would go as far as to say that he's probably the number one heel in WWE right now um, because he's done it so well. And the people were hot for Orton when he turned... People wanted to see it. Um, He's getting popular again, and you see more of that crazy attitude that he had mixed in with his old Viper personality. He's reinventing himself in a way, character-wise, and I think it's pretty good. So Survivor Series being in St. Louis, yeah, it sucks that you haven't advertised him on the pay-per-view. Apparently he's filming a movie for WWE, so they had to take him off TV. That's how he did it last week. Here's how I can see it go. If Ryback doesn't on the authority by either next week or at Survivor Series during the match, I could see a scenario go down where Ryback and Rusev, okay, both individuals kind of have some differences with each other building up towards Survivor Series. Then during the actual match, something takes place, it explodes, the both of them beat the crap out of each other, and they're counted out. It doesn't hurt Rusev to lose because he hasn't been pinned. And same thing with Ryback. And then you could transition going back to Ryback being a babyface, and that's where you throw Orton in. Orton could make a surprise appearance and cost the authority the match, setting up his babyface run for when he returns going into WrestleMania season. That's the only thing I could see them doing. I mean, unless they were to do something where the authority takes out one of Cena's guys and Cena's looking for a partner at the last minute and then Orton shows up and is a partner, you know, in his hometown. I could see that taking place, but I I think a run in during the match would make for a better surprise than him being a last minute replacement
0: in the match. Yeah, it makes me see I'm curious like what it, I mean we got some spoilers and you know it's interesting And and it's been, at best, a mixed bag. Uh, You know, I thought the last pay-per-view was pretty good. Um, You know, we've been very critical of Raw as of late. Um, You know, and it's funny, that like the WWE, they're they're posting spoilers, and you see the Ryback thing, and it's like, oh, that could be intriguing. And and then there's a picture of Miz, Sandow, and Hornswoggle all dressed the same. So uh, do we have, like, a, a mini... Uh, mini stunt double I like what, what uh, Sandow's been doing You know, again You start to, you see pictures like that and you're like uh, You know, what are we going to get For the three hours tonight So hope for a great Raw You know, it's I don't know, man It's just been tough as of late Hope we get a good build for Survivor Series But with like two minutes left, Dave What are you looking forward to most tonight on Raw?
1: Um, I'm looking forward to some of the Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose stuff. I thought their promo on SmackDown was awesome. I thought, you know, the the reintroduction of Wyatt's character has been good. His excuses that he wants to help. He wants to save Dean Ambrose from his troubled past of his father being in prison and abandoning him. I like those implications. I like how they set that up. Um, These two unpredictable, crazy characters going at it. Ambrose has played his role really well, believable enough to believe that he is a lunatic. And same thing with Wyatt. I loved how, like, they, they did they did the light and it was standing right behind Ambrose. Like, I mean, I thought that stuff was pretty cool. I'm looking forward to seeing where how far they go next. Apparently, they're supposed to wrestle each other at Survivor Series. So, um, I'm, I look forward to that the most. And, of course, you know, who's going to be on Team Cena and Team Authority? I do like the fact that they've taken a traditional Survivor Series match, which has been watered down over the years because they haven't used the concept that much and have turned it into this year's main event. And I think that the implications from that match going forward help set up the road to WrestleMania
0: 31 in California next year. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, yeah, the, the Ambrose-Wyatt uh, Wyatt thing is, uh, I'm really excited to see where that's going to go. Mm-hmm. And again, come at, like we were talking about with the WrestleMania 30 conversation, hopefully it means something good for Wyatt and we see Wyatt continue to build. Um, I agree. I love the fact that, Um, You know, I still, I will stand by. I want the pay-per-view to be all Survivor Series matches. Um, You know, maybe one or two other ones, but that's what I want to see. But it is a good step forward for me as a wrestling fan to see the main event be a traditional, quote-unquote, Survivor Series match. So, you know, maybe we're moving in a good direction, but I am looking forward to that being the main event. Guys, thank you so much for supporting the show and calling in. Good stuff this week. Getting ready for Raw. Get on the Facebook. Vote. We're going to reveal on our pre-show for Survivor Series the greatest all-time Survivor Series in the history of wrestling. So get on the Facebook and vote. Raw Chat starting up shortly. Raw is on the way. For Dave, I am Ken. Thank you for tuning in. Good night, everybody.